Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good morning, everyone. It is Don't At Me. It is a Friday, so we are fired up. But there is incredibly sad news. The Gulf Coast. The Gulf... Oh, man. (laughs) The Coast Guard says that the men died instantly. That is the update on the submarine of billionaires that went down to see the Titanic. And I want to get into this just for a second. You know, um, this is sad news. Look, I don't care whether somebody is a billionaire or homeless or anything in between. I really don't. People are people. And when people lose their lives, it is tragic. It really is. Look, sometimes people lose their lives of their own volition. Sometimes people lose their lives at the hands of others. That is truly tragic. Sometimes those that murder lose their lives to the death penalty, which maybe in some people's mind is less tragic. And just because a group of people that decided to go down, take risks, and go see uh, the Titanic in a really a historic attempt, they lost their lives. And I don't think it's to be made fun of. I also think that the Department of Justice, a.k.a. also our government, also everybody involved, has kind of, I don't know, the obligation to tell us the truth. And apparently, as this says here, um, in real time, there were implosions, explosions underneath the water that the Coast Guard found and knew, and they held the news. Now, I don't know who they told the news to. I don't know the exact details. Nobody does. There's always a backstory to this, but it was basically Thursday. Today's Friday. It was basically yesterday when the news came out that these folks were dead. I would hope at least that the people involved, the families involved would know, would be told, would get the news in real time so that they're not sitting there suffering, waiting. I don't know whether that happened or not. No idea, but the Coast Guard does say, based on the explosions that they heard, that the folks died instantly. You know, we had visions in our mind of these five guys under the water, basically on the clock, because 40 hours of oxygen was eventually, obviously, going to evaporate if they did not get saved. That's what I envisioned until the report came out that said these folks Uh, died instantly in an implosion based on some type of leak. I don't know. And then we got this idiot who has to chime in because, well, uh, if you are a fool and you are a some type actor or entertainer and you're just plain stupid, you just can't keep your mouth shut. Apparently, the point was the whole world is praying for these people in the submarine and this man's son. And this man's son is online, blah, blah, up for girls off OnlyFans and going to Blink-182 concerts. He was looking for clout y'all long. Nobody knew who you were until you said that was your stepdad. This is why people hate you spoiled brat millionaires. Y'all too desensitized. I mean, just an idiot. I mean, the English language has befuddled Cardi B. But why don't you just leave people alone? Uh, Seriously, why, why, why don't you just leave people alone? 
I mean, but you know, your dad dies, however you handle it, you handle it. I mean, everybody doesn't handle things in the exact same way. And, 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 and again, people like Cardi B just show how stupid they are relative to the English language, how desensitized, how important and entitled they think they are. I don't care what the guy did. I don't know. I, I've always said this. You know, people get mad about other people cheating on their wives or husbands. I always say, well, did they have an open marriage? Because you never know the backstory. You never know the backstory. So here is a son responding to the idiot that is Cardi B, and he's really no better here, but go ahead. So you take a complete like Cardi B has no idea what's going on. Her career is so in such turmoil, she needs clout off other people's suffering. And she's like, hey, he won't go help. Blah, blah, blah. He goes to a rock concert, this and that. Tries to use the situation to exploit, like the news. They're not like feeling sorry that my mom has to take care of two kids. Not really giving a f that my stepdad's probably 99% chance he's dead. That doesn't matter. Doesn't care how we feel. Just trying to like make gains. People like um, trolling, getting hate mail, all these things. And it's just up and to have Cardi B behind it. Cardi B, like, f***ing grow up, get some class. Like, you're tasteless. Well, the whole thing is uh, tasteless. The whole thing is ridiculous. I mean, look, I feel bad for the families. And, you know, these people were explorers. You can get mad at them. You can call them billionaires, you know, white billionaires. But they did something that a lot of people are doing, and you really shouldn't. They didn't want to hire the smartest guy <clears throat> for this type of thing, a 50-year-old CEO because he was too white and wasn't inspirational enough. Uh, that's just ridiculous. Look, four days, it was a 20-foot, 21-foot tourist submersible. Name the Titan. It went missing 900 miles off of Cape Cod. People looked for it. They said they had 96 hours of breathable air, but by all accounts, and look, this is what drives me nuts. I don't know if it drives you nuts, but it just absolutely drives me insane that we can't trust anybody in the media to tell us what's what. I'm going to go with the reports that the Coast Guard heard a boom with their underwater technology. That boom was the Titan, and these five folks died instantly. I'm going to go with that. Now, I, and this is what absolutely stinks. All right, it just stinks that we're not going to get the truth because people do like to know the truth, period. So I'm going to say it was an implosion due to the pressure that the submersive was under. Uh, in six, he was 1,600 feet away, basically, um, you know, fairly close to the Titanic. That's what I was told. This thing imploded. A. People want to do things like go to Mars. People want to do things like getting these little things and go. People are explorers. I grew up, Jacques Cousteau would have a special. I always thought it was boring because I wanted sports or I wanted Sanford and Son or MASH. But hey, that's the way it goes. That's the world we live in. I don't give a damn if you're a billionaire. I don't give a damn who you are. Uh, entertainers that are stupid should just shut up and not expose their stupidity. Uh, that's kind of how I look at it. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible story all the way around and not surprised 
that it gets into a fight on social freaking media, which is another level of ridiculousness, but indicative of the world that we live in. You want to know indicative of the world that we live in? The Department of Justice tipped off Hunter Biden about the search for the storage unit uh, prohibiting investigators from executing a warrant on Biden's guest house and repeatedly prohibited charges from being brought up against Hunter Biden. Now this goes, this goes to Eric Holder, who was Obama's Department of Justice head, when he said, yeah, I'm just here to protect my boy. It's unbelievable. So the Bidens, again, can literally get away with anything. Um, Whistleblowers are confirming this. People are confirming this. Again, though, this is what makes me nuts. We don't know. IRS whistleblowers allege that Hunter Biden was protected from serious charges by Merrick Garland and the DOJ. Let's watch. Oh, I, uh, I thought we had a video here of, uh, of the whistleblower. Not one, Do we have that video? But two IRS employees are blowing the whistle with evidence that the federal government is not treating taxpayers equally when enforcing tax laws. The whistleblowers were working on an investigation into Hunter Biden that opened in November of 2018 as an offshoot of a separate corporate investigation by the IRS. Let me emphasize, this was an investigation in the ordinary course of work at the IRS. It was not ordered by any individual, any chairman, or any political entity. The testimony we released today shows the IRS recommended charges against Hunter Biden that included attempt to evade or defeat tax, a felony, fraud or false statements, a felony, and willful failure to file returns, supply information, or pay tax. These tax crimes cover an estimated 2.2 million in unreported tax on global income streams to Mr. Biden and his associates from Ukraine, Romania, and China, totaling 17.3 million from 2014 to 2019. Mr. Biden personally received $8.3 million. Well, that's pretty specific, is it not? I think it is. Look, there. This tweet right here documents it's unfreaking believable. The Department of Justice basically ran interference for the entire Biden crime family, and the U.S. Attorney Leslie Weiss comes into a meeting and doesn't want to ask questions. All you got to do is look at this. Te- look at the text of these tweets. It is amazing to me that we have a Department of Justice, I guess it shouldn't be, I guess it's my own fault, that runs interference for the president. I'm guessing that's what you're supposed to do. And again, I go back to Eric Holder, the the appointed by Obama uh, attorney general who said, I'm here to protect my boy. Well, Leslie Weiss, she was in and out of the meeting. She was in and out of the meeting congratulating her investigative team on keeping the investigation into Biden quiet. Uh, It's unbelievable. Among other things, the department of people wanted to question about an email that said 10 held by H for the big guy. 
obvious questions. Who was H? Who the big guy was? Why this percentage was to be held separately with the association hidden? But Wolf interjected and said she did not want to ask about the big guy and stated she did not want to ask questions about dad. When multiple people in the room spoke up and objected that we had to ask, she responded, there's no specific criminality to that line of questioning. So the Department of Justice apparently is here to protect not only the president of the United States, but the skeezy, sleazy, meth-ridden, whatever else you want to call Hunter Biden. That's why I say, ladies and gentlemen, that what we are calling taxes and relief to the Ukraine is actually paying back bribes that Ukraine paid to the Biden crime family. I think anybody that really, really pays attention to this and can just have any common sense would make that connection. Why are we giving so much money to the Ukraine continually, continually? Oh, wait a second. On the earlier, on the ass end of this, oh, Ukraine was funding the Biden family. So what they are calling accounting errors, I, ladies and gentlemen, am, <laughs> I am calling paying off a bribe. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. This is Representative Dan Bishop. For example, we obtained 2017 a What's Up message from Hunter Biden to Henry Howe, where Hunter Biden wrote, I'm sitting here with my father and would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zahang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person knows in my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will not regret, you will regret not following my direction. I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father. So here it is. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So open an investigation. Find out. That's it. I mean, what is day to day in the news? You think about it. This submarine going back to Sunday, allegedly imploded. People kept it from us while everybody prayed, was on edge, and now you got the Department of Justice sitting here going, hey, hey, baby, Hunter, we got you, yo. We got you, Hunter. Don't you worry about it. We got you. We got you. Don't sweat it. It's ridiculous, this whole thing. It's absurd. It's actually more absurd than ridiculous. I mean, you got to go which way is which, but it's so, it's so absurd. It's so un-American. I don't even, I don't even know what to say about it, but it's the world that we live in. You know, we actually went the other way. If you think about it, the Trump presidency, they were all trying to get Trump. They were all trying to go boom, boom, boom. Let's boom, 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 boom. Let's keep knocking until we break down the door with Biden and his ridiculous son, it's let's stonewall. Let's keep a spread out here. Hey, we're keeping it spread out. We're not letting them go. You're not getting in here. Hell no. <sighs> I gotta tell you, I just don't. I go back to when did when did Joe Biden? I know he's a president, but when did he become so po so like important? And I'm not even saying important. I guess that's a stupid comment because he's the president. But I made a note here. When did this happen? That Joe Biden, this clown, this buffoon, this goof, has to be protected at all costs. It's the most stunning thing ever. I'll tell you what's not stunning. Um, you're going to hear more and more of this. And this is sad. This is very sad. Four kids, age 5 and 10, taken. 
into care after being found in a Boston drag party with a dead transvestite. How strong do you think about this? Uh, age five, between age five and age 10. I'm sorry to bring you such bad news. I think I got to talk about the NBA draft and how awful the coverage is here coming up in a minute. But it is absolutely absurd that we, what we allow. Now, I'm not going to say that this is because of a drag party with transvestites because we see kids in horrible situations with business executives. Uh, we just saw it yesterday with the CNN producer of Chris Cuomo going to jail. But uh, this just sucks. Four kids between 5 and 10 taken into care of being found at a drag party with a dead trans woman's body on the floor, sex and drugs scattered throughout the hoarder home. It, it, these things just break my heart. Like, I, I'm going to continue to say this, and I don't care if it's the trans community, the heterosexual community, uh, the LGBTQ, ABC, DFG community. I don't care what community. I don't give a damn. Just leave kids alone. Just leave kids alone. It's just, it's absolutely heartbreaking to me when I see a child injured. It, 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 I've said this before and I'll say this again. My mother, my father, my brother, my sister all made fun of me for years because I could not watch the movie Bambi because Bambi could not find his mother or her mother, whatever the hell Bambi was. I couldn't watch The Wizard of Oz because Dorothy was running around somewhere in, Can or in Kansas. Next thing you know, she's in this crazy city. Next thing you know, she's got witches after her. And I used to cry like a little baby because I wanted Dorothy just to go home. I think I was 25 by the time I could get through the entire Wizard of Oz. I hate when kids are hurt. I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate when kids are shunned by professional athletes. I hate it. And again, you know, this is tragic. Hope this. I hope and pray that the trans community, I hope and pray that the drag queen community, uh, this isn't indicative. I hope this is a one-off and I pray for the family. It's just, it's absolutely awful. We tried to tell you, we tried to tell you that it's coming. It's coming. The Middle East, Saudi, Qatar, Oman, they are taking over sports. And you can get mad at Phil Mickelson for making comments in an autobiography, or you can get mad for anybody going to live golf. You can do anything you want. You can get mad at him. You can get sanctimonious. You can get whatever you'd like. But the fact of the matter is, this is coming. And it's coming fast. We've already seen the Live Tour and the PGA Tour kind of siphon together. But now, listen to this. Listen to this. The Qatar Investment Authority, does that sound familiar? The investment group, that's what LIV is, all right, is buying a minority state in monumental sports and entertainment, the parent company, and this is in Washington, D.C. I don't know if you know this, but that's the nation's capital, Washington Wizards, Washington Capital. That makes them the first sovereign wealth fund to invest in a major U.S. sports team. There you go. Not going to stop. Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Oman. These, they have so much money. And we talked about it yesterday with Senator Ron Johnson. They have so much money. What are they going to do with it? It's like I told you about a year ago. My brother's like, hey, do you know this OnlyFans stuff? I go, yeah, I think it's where players write their own uh, articles, uh, interviews. Uh, I, that's what I thought. He goes, no, no, no. It's strippers. It's girls. Guys sign up. 
I go, yeah, I don't know about it. He goes, well, I got my brother is, an, is a developer, and he got contacted by the agent of some of these girls. He's trying to raise money, hundreds of millions of dollars, to do projects in northwest Indiana, uh, a fiber optic thing from uh, Chicago all the way to either Fort Wayne or South Bay. He's trying to raise $300, $400 million, and he got contacted by somebody that said, hey, look, look, these OnlyFans girls need a place to put their money. Now, my brother ended up not involving himself with it, but when people got money, they're looking for places to put it. So you can get mad about all of this Qatar or Saudi Arabia, but this is coming, man, because the money they have is immense. And we told you this, we told you this months ago. We told you this a long, 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 long time ago. Let me ask you a question. I have always said that the best athletes in the world are basketball players. And here's what I mean by that. When you combine tall, quick, fast, those two things are different, ability to jump, strength. You name me any sport, anybody, anywhere that are better athletes than basketball players. I mean, you know, football players, I I, I was stunned by how small NFL football players are short. Basketball players basically can run the same thing, the same as fast, the same deal as football players, but do it at six foot eight, <laughs> 225 pounds, and they can go from here to there, boom. Like, you will never see, there are three people in my life, and again, I'm not acting like, you know, all I know is there's three people, I call it pop, Eric Gordon, LeBron James, and Gordon Hayward, that had a pop to their movement unlike anything I've ever seen. Now, I'm not going to lie. I haven't been at practices lately. I, I haven't. But those are the three guys when people say, tell me what, what, what an NBA quickness. I go, Eric Gordon, pop, strength, quickness, burst. LeBron James, boom, pop. Gordon Hayward, surprised, right? No, pop. I'll never forget, first time I saw Gordon Hayward. Anyway, I digress. So now we're mad. We're mad, and there's a racist guy. He, he, everything's about race. Everything's angry. Everything. His name, his name is Mike Freeman. Like, Mike Freeman is a writer for the USA Today. So Ron DeSantis is called basketball players athletic. Uh, I, you know, here's what he said. So I think there's kind of a place for everyone on a baseball team if you're willing to work hard, if you're willing to practice, if you're willing to hone your skills. I kind of thought it was always a very democratic game, very metro uh, meritocratic game. Whereas I've always kind of viewed basketball as like, these guys are just freaks of nature, just incredible athletes. In baseball, you know, you have some guys that might necessarily be the best athletes, but maybe uh, they've got, you know, that slider that no one can hit, and then they have the highest skills. <laughs> so uh, fast forward. My, son, my brother knew his son wasn't going to be tall. Wasn't going to be a freak athlete. So he got him into tennis. Okay, I think that's racist. Uh, DeSantis was essentially talking about two leagues, and now the mostly black one, the NBA, is full of freaky athletes with fast switch muscles and apparently not as democratic or meritocratic or whatever-cratic as baseball players. Then according to DeSantis, there's baseball, or the MLB, the mostly white sport, full of okay athletes, but gosh darn, do they work hard and form democracies and meritocratic. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're not freaks at all. They're real Americans. This is not at all what DeSantis said. But I get it. See, every time I deal with racist folk like Mike Freeman or idiots on uh, Twitter, they always change it. Like, look, the guy that we had on, Danny Plezak, uh, it was a terrific athlete. But he wasn't an athlete like an NBA athlete. He could throw, he could run, he, could, he couldn't really jump. 
Couldn't really run, but he had a slider nobody could hit. He played 19 years or 18 years in Major League Baseball. DeSantis isn't wrong. Of course DeSantis isn't wrong. He's absolutely right. And look, if you don't like the fact, I think personally, and I always said this, I think basketball players and their athletic ability should be celebrated. I do. I mean, I always said the the basketball player, and I'm not just talking about NBA player. I mean, go to a park and watch dudes play basketball. Dudes are ripped. Basketball players uh, are fascinating to me because I always thought, look, if you are not my generation necessarily because, you know, we didn't lift like these guys do. We didn't train. We didn't have all the stuff, the supplements. We had enough, but we didn't have all. Anyway, long story short, um, I always thought that basketball players should be tested for steroids because I'm telling you, man, you go to a basketball game, dudes are ripped. Dudes are perfect. And Mike Freeman can bitch, whine, and moan about it. But the truth of the matter is, DeSantis is absolutely right. I mean, he is absolutely right. Tony Gwynn uh, couldn't play basketball in the NBA, and he was San Diego State's all-time assist leader, played the Pizza Hut College All-Star game, had a big old stomach on him, could get around on a ball, and he could hit. I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with saying one guy is a group of athletes. I don't know why people don't want to be called athletes. I always wanted to be called athletic but stupid. I did. I always wanted to be, you know, instead of really slow, but smart. I want to be like one time in my life. I want to be athletic, but stupid. I'm kind of like that in the media. He's really good, but man, he, he's controversial. He's polarizing. We can't have dockage work for us. That's the media equivalent of athletic, but stupid. So I'm not mad about it. And you can get mad about calling somebody athletic. Nobody said athletes don't work hard. DeSantis certainly didn't say it. Look at the belly on that guy. You think that guy can play basketball? Hell no. Just another time for another grifter to try to get his cap on. And Mike Freeman is so dumb that you just go, all right, yeah, it's Mike Freeman. But it is kind of funny. Look at that belly. I don't see anybody in the NBA walking around with that belly. And I go back a long time. Long time in the NBA. Uh, We told you. We, We did. We told you. We said it. We told you, Rob Manford. Look at these two. The Brew Crew. Yeah. Are we playing fast pitch softball? Slow pitch softball? What are we playing? <laughs> hey, there was a guy named Matt Stairs that played the major leagues forever. Matt Stairs came to the Cubs, and I'm like, man, he's like Big Dave. We had a guy first baseman, Big Dave, playing slow pitch softball. He's just big old dude, left-handed, get up there and hit bombs, right? That's all Matt Stairs was there to do. Mike Friedman, open your eyes, bruh, and have a listen. And what DeSantis is really saying, he didn't say anybody didn't work hard. <laughs> oh, man, Cologne. <laughs> Look at Cologne. Look at the body on that guy. What's the dude's name? Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He got a stomach bigger than my head. Mike Freeman. Keep trying, baby. It'll happen for you, Mike. It will. I swear it will. At some point, you'll get that cap money. You just keep battling. All right. We told you. I hate to say I told you so, and I can't wait. To, there he is. Oh, that's uh, that's what's his face, it's Cecil Fielder Jr. or whatever. <laughs> Look at that guy. Think he can play in the NBA? I don't think so. <laughs> I love fat guy pictures. I go back to Mickey Lolich. Mickey Lolich, big old Rick Russell. Look up Paul and Rick Russell's picture and say, hey, yeah, I think they could play against LeBron. I think back in the day they could have gone up. Oh, there he is. That's Rick Russell. 
No, it's not. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to talk to Rob Dibble about this. Rob Manfred says, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have given immunity to the Astros. Really? Uh-uh. To quote my friend, nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Yeah, you should have. What? Nuh-uh. You don't think you should have given immunity to the Astros players? You think you should have let them cheat, get away with it, win the World Series, and not suffer any consequences other than telling on people? Nuh-uh. As my daughter used to say when she was little, a combination of no and uh-uh. Nuh-uh. What are you doing? <laughs> of course you shouldn't have given immunity. Everybody in baseball said it. Uh, Rob Dibble will probably say it coming up here in a minute. I can't wait to talk to Dibbs. See if he says, nuh-uh. <laughs> really? Really? It was not my best decision, Rob Manfred says, about the Astros not getting immunity. Really? I didn't think so at the time. You know, it is fascinating. Common sense should dictate things, right? Common sense should dictate what happens and what doesn't happen. Just common sense. Hey, you guys, here's how you cheated. You're either going to cop to it or you're not. And if you don't cop to it, I'm going to suspend you longer. If you do cop to it, I'm going to suspend you shorter. What do you want to do? Pretty simple. We'll be right back. Rob Dibble joins next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I don't want to get pissed off early, so I'm going to uh, save it for the end that the Reds should have Rob Dibble in their Hall of Fame. I don't understand it. I don't want to get pissed, though, because it just pisses me off. It does. Hey, your boy, and he is your boy, Rob Manfred, comes out and says, hey, I shouldn't have given immunity to the Astros. Really? Give me your thoughts on your boy. Well, as good Catholic, I have to forgive the guy. Um, I don't forget, though. Um, you know, he, he listen at the time as the commissioner, and and I don't know because I, I don't, I've never had that job. But when you, you're trying to get information, you're trying to get people to come clean. Um, I think that was probably the the first thought of the people in the room that were like, "Hey, listen, you know what? We'll give them immunity." I mean, yeah, the biogenesis thing where. Um, and I don't think he was the, the commissioner at the time. I think that was Bud Selig basically gave all the, the guilty parties, 14 of them, including A-Rod, um, immunity and basically, you know, wanted to hear the, the real story. So, so it's, it's already a precedent. You've done this with players before. And so now you're basically, you, you want to get the information that you need to move forward that, you know, this, this started at the top. The general manager knew about it. The manager knew about it. They got suspended. Um, and it's just like you can't fire players, you know. So 
Um, I, I don't give him a pass, but I do respect the fact that he, he said that that was a big mistake. I agree with that. You know, you make a mistake. He The one thing he did say, which I, I kind of said at the time, is why don't you let the investigative process go along and then you can give immunity. My sister's a prosecutor. My brother's an attorney, at one time a prosecutor and a defense attorney. And they're like, hey, what you do is you, 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 when you get to a dead end, then you can come back and grant immunity, but you got to get to right. that dead end first and you do it through investigation. I agree. And listen, you know, they weren't the only team doing it either. And it, it's, you know, kind of like pitchers and this whole, uh, you know, sticky substance thing. You know, everybody's doing it. Um, we did it when I played. You know, guys use pine tar, guys use rosin and, uh, you know, sweat or hair gel or whatever they were doing in the day just to get a better grip. And so <clears throat> when you've got other guys that are, you know, doing the, the Yankees and the Red Sox, and these guys are using uh, Apple Watches to communicate. And now and now you've got Pitchcom, which is essentially what they were doing five years ago uh, to communicate and, and give signs and signals and stuff. I mean, everybody's trying to gain an edge. And I think that Major League Baseball was trying to catch up. And, you know, you and I both know, since you've got, you know, uh, relatives that are in the business, that, you know, police use that kind of technology, you know, where, where they use cameras to, you know, follow a, a, a drug dealer's vehicle and, you know, it follows it around for a week and it, it, it can continue uh, to, to realize. So when you're, you were doing like the pitch, you know, thing where uh, they're, they're, you know, the, 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 com- the computer software was telling them, you know, what pitch was going to come next. That's why they were able to, Tap on a tap on a uh, garbage can and say because there's technology out there that you know tells you uh, recognition and you know so when when you have the software and you had the play by play room that actually Major League Baseball was the one that said hey we're gonna put this play by play stuff uh, and replay stuff right by the dugout so that you could go watch it and now now they don't have access to it during the game they have iPads. So you can sit there and watch your at-bats in real time. And, and so the technology, then is there. Um, and so Major League Baseball, I don't, I don't want to say that they were guilty of it, but they gave them the start to looking at better software to where they could get the pitch recognition you know, stuff and, and put it in a camera form and, and put it in center field. And now we're looking at signals. We're looking at pitches. So, I mean, all of it was to get more information to where we are today. You know, Dibs, you and I have talked about this. Um, I'm sitting there in a the dugout, and guys at ESPN have told me nobody, nobody's better than Eduardo Perez at stealing signs. I'm sitting in a dugout. I'm looking at the third base coach. I'm looking in the dugout. I'm stealing signs. That's cool. I think that's cool. I got no problem, you know, with that. Uh, it, 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 so people that, you know, maybe are joining this and don't understand, it's with the technology that's the problem. It's not stealing right. a sign because I, I'm good at it. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You know, I've coached eight to eighteen-year-old AAU baseball. So um, part of it is is watching the the coaches give signs to the catchers. What what's the next pitch coming? Um, they steal my signs. I'm I'm I sit on a bucket and I give my catcher signs. He's fourteen years old. The, the team that I coach. So um, right. you know when when you're when you're talking about the software and you know what it was. 
it was it was an edge, and every team's trying to get an edge. You know, the Red Sox had guys standing on second base, and when a curveball was coming, he'd face right field. Now I, I don't know exactly what their sides are, so I'm I'm just uh, you know spitballing yeah, here. Yeah. And then you'd face right field, yeah. and hey, curveball's coming. You know, the guy would turn to center field, and and he's you know that's a fastball. The guy would turn to uh, the third base side, and that's a changeup. I mean, you know, whatever the Red Sox were doing. Um, when when Alex Cora became their manager and he got suspended, so I, I just think, listen, th- this is what we've been doing for 140 something years, and it, you know it continues today, but it gets to the point where it's excessive, and and the the technology that was getting the pitches was was um, you know basically saying you know this is what this is what the you know theory is that um, you know in this recognition that this is what's going to come next. That's where I had a problem. That, that you are using technology that shouldn't be on a baseball field. And even today, I mean, l- listen, the replay, you had last couple of, uh, of games in the last couple of days um, some some reversals, and the people in New York are reversing the calls, not the umpires on the field. The, the, P- the two sets of crews that are in New York that are looking at this stuff are going, oh, no, 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 that was catcher's interference. You know, that, that guy wasn't in the baseline. Davey Martinez, my former teammate with the Nationals, uh, as the manager, he's been livid because the, the the replays are now going against these teams when they they've got the technology to say no, you're wrong. That guy was running down the left side of the the first baseline. He's out. He's supposed to run in the box on the right side. So you know now they're using replay, but they're not using it correctly. And and I I think that's why the players, uh, the managers are very frustrated right now. And, and honestly, just get rid of it. Let the umpires dictate what's going on. Um, they're very good at their job. You're paying them six figures to do what they do. Uh, but you don't need someone always second-guessing everything that's that's going on on the field. And, you know, I've talked to numerous college basketball referees are like, you know, you can't have any doubt in your mind and replay. I've, I've said it forever. Just because you got replay doesn't, doesn't mean they got it right. I've said that forever. Hey, but I do got to go back to something you you said. You said something really interesting. You know, you forgive, but you don't forget. Now, we just saw this the other day on the field, right? Uh, Keenan Middleton called Carlos Correa cheat. Players may forget. They're not forgetting this. They're not. And they shouldn't um, because you're stealing from your brothers. I mean, that that's the problem. Uh, you know, I, I would never have done something on a field to, like, listen, I, and I've told you my stats about this. I've only hit 12 guys in my career. I faced, uh, you know, close to 2,000. Um, and, I, and I easily could have hit a couple of dozen and, and tried to threaten their careers. I wasn't that kind of person. I'm still not that kind of person. Um, but these guys, they know that the Astros did something where – you know, they didn't deserve the championship. So I, you know, I couldn't wear my Reds championship ring if I knew that we had cheated our way to a championship. There's no way. Um, you got to earn that. And it's the same thing with, I don't care if it's winning a national title in, in college basketball or if it's winning an NBA championship. You know, if you had to cheat your way to do that, you know, what's 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 the point? You know, there, there's no uh, valor in that. It's, it's, it's a stolen valor type of thing and so you know my wife and I talk about that all the time you know she's a former school teacher we're trying to teach these kids to be good good people um I just interviewed um and if you see what I'm wearing right here Travelers Championship going on in Connecticut I've been there all week um Chris Daly who's the associate head coach of UConn women's basketball they they teach their girls 
that when you get on a school, when you get on the bus to go to the airport, you you say hello to the, the bus driver. You thank the bus driver. When you get on an airplane to fly to a game, you t- you talk to the pilot. You have some etiquette and some manners. You know, that's what I try to teach my kids when I'm, they're playing baseball. Not just to be baseball players. Be good people. Be good, you know, you know give something back to society. So if, if you're going to sit there and cheat at a baseball game, you're going to cheat at everything. So I, that that's the problem that other players have with these players. Like stealing signs, like a guy giving the wrong signs. Like let's let's just say my hat's the indicator and skin, which is I'm giving you away some of my my signals in AAU. But you know this is a steal, and if you pick that off, I have to change it. You know now maybe I'll do that as a steal. Maybe I'll go to my leg as a steal. You know, but this is my indicator. I might change my indicator. It might be my beard. I go to my beard, and that's a steal. You know, so I mean, you know, when when you're stealing those signs, that's on me. I've got to change. I've got to adjust. But when you're stealing signs that now you know what pitch is coming, that's ridiculous. That's spring training garbage. That's that's me telling you what's coming. So um, that that's why I, I I will forgive you for for doing that. But it's gonna it's gonna motivate me to bury you the next time I face you. Yeah, I, and I don't know that there's a shelf life on that. There's a lot of things that you know no. time heals. We all feel that way, but nope. I don't think there's a shelf life. Right? No, I, I'm still bitter about guys that hit my guys from the Dodgers. You know, when Oral Hershiser hit Eric Davis three times in a game, I still remember that. I said I still like Oral. I think he's a great guy. But listen, dude, that that was that was dirty to me, and it always will be. And so we we had to protect Eric. That's what a pitching staff does. You police each other. Um, that's what makes the game great. That's why I hate that you can't take a guy out at second or you can't run over the catcher. Now we're saying that the catcher can't be in the lane when he's got the ball. That's crazy. You know, why would you give why would you give home plate when that's the biggest thing in baseball? That's all I Dan, that's all I teach my kids. How to be thieves. Steal second, steal third, try to steal home on a pass ball. Um, you're always trying to get to home. That's that's the whole key uh purpose of baseball. It's to score runs. So now we're going to tell the catcher, you know what? You got to let that guy have a lane to the plate. That, that's crazy. We're, we're, you know, just doing some really ridiculous stuff right now. So I, I think you're taking so much of the game away from the players. Let them police each other. And I think the game was great when we played it because we policed each other, even on our own team. Guys policed me when I was doing stupid crap. Man, trust me, I heard about it. It, it was like, listen, you're going to hurt us by doing the stuff that you're doing. So, you know, players – they always recognize that they know, they know what's good, what's bad. Um, and, and certainly they're never going to forget it. And I, I respect guys that are be, be like, listen, you cheated. I'm not going to forget that you cheated. I may forgive you for it, but I'll never forget that crap. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I totally get it. Uh, got to talk about the reds on fire. How good are they? They're outstanding. They're outstanding. Just listen to Joey Votto. I love that guy. Um, came back. He said, "Listen, this is a new team. It's it's a new breed. It's a, it's a new culture." And and Joey Votto, after he hit the home run in the game winning RBI, he was like, "Listen, if I wasn't up to their speed, up to their level, I wasn't. I didn't want to come back. I wanted to be a hundred percent sure I wouldn't disrupt anything." First of all, David Bell is one of the best guys uh, I've ever met. Uh, great family. Played with his dad, buddy. And you know, you're you're talking about you know. This is a guy that loves his players uh, and allows them to be men. And so now you've got the, the Hunter Greens of the world and the Dela Cruzes and the McLeans, and you've got a whole new uh, crop of amazing players coming up from the minor leagues. That's why we were great. You know, when we when we won, 
you know, Eric Davis, Barry Larkin, Paul O'Neill, myself, you know, Norm Charlton, all these guys, do all, we all came up from the minor leagues. We weren't free agents. We weren't traded. We, we all came up from the minor leagues. We're family. And I think they're family right now, man. And that Dela Cruz, uh, Ellie, is just so unbelievable to watch. A six foot five third baseman. Uh, he reminds me of like Cal Ripken playing shortstop, six four shortstop, you know, or Chris Bryant, six six third baseman. Uh, the game's changed. There's, there's, you know, we, we call them athletes. Man, they're unbelievable. It's shocking. Um, that Corbin Carroll that plays for the Arizona Diamondbacks, if you watch that kid score from first on a base hit to center field, you, ha- you have to be impressed. So, what the Reds are throwing out there, what a lot of these other teams that you're seeing that are playing really well are throwing out there are just so, you know, uber talented guys. I was watching Wake Forest last night and LSU. That game went to extra innings to be decided. The pitchers were great. The players were great. Um, you know, the, the next generation of baseball players, I'm very excited about what I see. I got to tell you, Dibs, I, I, I've watched a lot of Reds, and I didn't watch – I watched them, I don't know, three or four games into, the, uh, into this streak. So I was just flipping channels. The Reds were on. I started watching. And you know what I liked? I liked that they, they run – they, they run fat. They're yeah. trying to take extra bases. Everything they do is with energy, like base hit single, instead of just kind of, man, they're running the first round and seeing if anyone's kicking the ball. And, and, and I saw three bases taken, three extra bases taken because of alertness on the base path and hustle. And it was refreshing to me, Dibs, watching that. So, I'm, so I've, I've kept watching them because of that. Well, I mean, like I just said, you know, what I try to teach my kids is take what they give you. If the third baseman is 10 feet behind the base, you, you don't have to be proud. Lay down a bunt. Get on first base. Steal second and third. My, I love the uh, the slowest kid on my ki- team will steal bases. Um, last weekend, we stole eight bases in one game. So that that's the whole point of baseball. You know, take what you're given. Guys bobble balls. you got to take an extra base. You always have to be, you know, hustling. You know, you're coming down the first baseline, you should be looking for the overthrow ball instead of just being like, oh, I made a, I got a single, you know I mean? So when I watch the Reds, it reminds right. me a lot of like, I think the 2002 Angels running first and third, uh, you know, putting pressure on the defense because so many of these guys, Dan, and I don't have to tell you this because, you know, they're not taking in and out, which is infield and outfield. Um, they, they don't work on taking a lot of ground balls live off the bat, which is what we always did to get better. Um, so you have to press the defense. And it's the same thing in, in all sports. When you put pressure on defense, it creates offense. And I think that's that's what I'm watching with the Reds. That that they're they're not gonna let up. They're relentless. So they may not have, you know, every guy is gonna hit 30, 35, 40 home runs, but every guy can certainly steal bases with the new format. Guy can only throw over two times, get a big enough lead to where he's gotta keep, you know, he's concerned with you, and then steal second base. I mean, it doesn't take a fast guy to steal second. Uh, it takes a smart guy to steal second base. You know, Dibs, I didn't never, didn't come close to playing at your level. I played <laughs> high school and then I played at Indiana. But I always tell people, they're like, yeah, what did you love about baseball? I said, well, you know, I love hitting a home run once in a while. But what I really loved was running the bases. I thought running the bases yep. was one of the most fun parts of baseball. And I like watching it. I saw the Cubs actually hit and run, old school hit and run, two times in the same game. And I'm like, oh, hell, that hasn't happened in 10 years. Well, I mean, listen, you know, I asked my players the other day at practice, I said, do you guys ever play pickle? 
Do you ever play pepper? You know, <laughs> you know, right. real simple things that 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 teach you the game and make you better at the game. Um, and they're like, "What are you talking about, coach?" You know, and these kids all play MLB the Show, and they know I'm on MLB the Show and stuff like that. I don't even think they know that I played in the big leagues, Dan. I think I'm an avatar. Um, but uh, so I, I taught them how to play pickle. You know, we we play wiffle ball at practice. We we have fun. I, I you know I try to teach these kids fun and fundamentals, and you know. Pepper, my God, you know, just to see signs and say, no, no, you know, don't play pepper, no pepper here. It's just crazy. You know, that's back control. I, I learned watching guys like Rod Carew, um, you know, Carl Yastrzemski. My idol was Reggie Jackson. These guys had back control. They could hit the ball the other way. They, they could sit there uh, and make contact when they needed to. And, and like you said, hit and run. You know, I pre- my guys, when they're taking batting practice, the first two are bunts and the next two are hit and run. And now, and now I don't have to tell them that. They know that. They're, they're, they're learning the game because somebody's never taught them the, the simpler, finer points of it. So if you want to be a winning player in any sport, you've got to learn the fundamentals, but you got to have fun doing the fundamentals. Like, I was a basketball player. You talk about baseball. Um, I, when I was drafted, I was, play, I was shooting hoops. You know, my, my, my brothers and I played such vicious games of one-on-one basketball. It, it toughened us up. So I mean, my my favorite thing was to sit there three, two, one, and, and I'm I'm sinking the final basket. So I, if you're not practicing those things that are going to make you um, a, a good athlete or good good player in any sport, um, you're not you're not doing it right. I agree. Last thing, uh, open up the stats on the Los Angeles Angels, even though they have Trout. Home runs, Otani. Hits, Otani. <laughs> Base percentage, Otani. Batting average, Otani. And then yep. as a pitcher, Dibs, I, I, God dang it, I hope they get in the postseason because you just, I want America to see this guy because he's unbelievable. Well, I mean, and listen, you know, and I'm going to pull up their stats right now because, um, like you said, he's doing it both ways. He, he, yes. it's, the thing about baseball is being a pitcher. When you throw a hundred pitches, your arms killing you. I mean, your your elbows <laughs> sore, your shoulders sore. You know, everything is sore. So now, and and so I threw right and I hit left like Otani, and but he's six foot five too, and he's got quick hands. Uh, so imagine, okay, you know, this the day after I pitched, you probably feel like crap, and that guy's still getting four at bats. He's still he's still helping the team win. I, I mean, you talk about being unselfish. You know, most players today, if you're, you know, you get a hangnail, I'm going on the IL for 10 days. This, this dude is doing it both ways like Babe Ruth did. It, it's impressive because nobody's body feels that great after they pitch. Your legs are sore. You know, I mean, he, he you, you could tweak a groin. Who knows? You know, and now, okay, now I got to go out and I got to take BP. I love the stories because some of the coaches that I know on the Angels, um, he – only he, like it, he'll take like 200 swings a day or 300. He's very regimented and disciplined. He knows exactly what he wants to do. So he he's he's this is stuff that they bring over from Japan, which is great for our kids to learn. So he never overswings. He never he never takes too many uh, things and gets into bad habits. He knows exactly what he needs to do to prepare for a game. So everything that that Shohei Otani does is, is great for the Angels, but it's it's great for the base. It's great for the baseball community. It is. It's it's like he probably like what you were coming up in high school. You guy that hits all the home runs and strikes out 
you know, all the guys and walks away with the hottest woman. That's the Rob Dibble story right there. It's just, you know, it is what it Thank is. You. Hey, thanks, brother. Thanks, my friend. Thanks hey. for having me on. Appreciate you. No, hey, anything for you, Dan. Appreciate it, buddy. That's the great Rob Dibble. I'm going to go on a 10-minute rant that he should be in the Reds Hall of Fame. Somebody explain <laughs> to me. Explain to me how you can tell the in red story without the nasty boys, Charlton Myers and Dibble. You can't. It'd be like trying to tell the red stories without Pete freaking Rose. Ah, it's unbelievable to me. It's insane to me. It just pisses me off beyond compare. Hey, our girl is back at it, Nancy Armour <laughs> from USA Today. She's mad at Riley Gaines. You know we love Riley Gaines. You know Riley Gaines is our favorite. We play favorites here and we play them with greatness. If you are great like Dibs, he's one of our favorites. If you are great like Riley Gaines, you are one of our favorites. But the legendary pain in the ass, woman hater, far left crazy person at the USA Today, Nancy Amore, is saying that, well, you know, some of these women are making a career out of being a far-right crazy person. Riley Gaines is standing up for women's rights and having to compete and dress with, in front of, Leah Thomas in the locker room. But Nancy Amore thinks she is using trans athletes to become a right-wing celebrity. Let me ask you a question. Can you name a right-wing celebrity? I guess maybe somebody might say Candace Owens, but Candace Owens steps up and fights. Why is it? Why? Tell me, please, God, tell me. Why is it when you stand up for something that is just right? It's just right. Why are you called something? It doesn't matter what it is. Why are you called? Why does it have to be, you know, political? This is the tweet. There's a growing cottage industry of women using transgender athletes to become right wing media celebrity. Look at this Ari Drennan. Riley Gaines has turned a fifth place tie with Leah Thomas into a lucrative career in the right-wing media. What is wrong with these people? Like, Nancy Moore gives no facts. She gives no debate. She just attacks, attacks, attacks. She's calling Hockey, who said, look, we don't care who you're having sex with. Hockey said, we, we don't care. Have sex with whomever you'd like to have sex with. We do not care. It does not matter to us. We're not wearing a special jersey because a chick likes to have sex with a chick and a dude likes to have sex with a dude. And some chicks like to have sex with both and some dudes like to have sex with both and some like to have sex with farm animals, men and women. You know, who cares? So she called them cowards, the National Hockey League, because, well, we must wear who we're having sex with. It's not like a marriage. I mean, you get married, you're pretty much like, hey, look, I want to get married, start a family. Well, that's telling the world that this is the woman I'm going to have sex with to start a family. It ain't like that. It's like, hey, I just want to have sex with chicks. I want to have sex with dudes. I think we should have hetero pride month. I think we should have pride in being a heterosexual because I am, I guess, a proud heterosexual. I've never even thought about it. I've never even thought that I got to tell you who I'm having sex with. I am a proud bestiology person. Bestiology? Is that bestie? 
I don't think that's the right way to say it. <laughs> I love uh, Riley Gaines. Nancy Amore is just an old, washed-up woman trying to make herself relevant, working for an old, washed-up company. Gannett. Good for Gannett. Keep employing the dumbest among us. Uh, Mary Catherine Ham. at some point, I got a lot to get to. It is our number two. Dos. Du. Coming up. Where are you going? Get right here. Stay here. Get the YouTube chat pumping. Subscribe. Subscribe and like. My goal this week, every show to be over 10,000. So tell your friends, let's go. Let's go. Let's go, El Presidente. Let's go, Gritty. Let's go, Otter Creek. Get serious about this. You're part of the show. Let's go. Be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, welcome back. The NBA draft was last night. And I got to tell you, I, I know this is bad, but... I was watching Isamia Copa. That probably could get me in trouble, but I, what are you going to do? I'm always honest with you. So I was watching the baseball, and I flipped over to the draft. And a kid named Anthony Black was drafted. Anthony is a really good player. He's from the University of Arkansas. And I swear to God, I swear to you, I thought it was a woman. <laughs> I should, You know, I'm being called all kind of names, right? Well, you're a racist. You don't understand the Afro. No, I love the Afro. Are you crazy? My brother had a little afro. Uh, I don't have hair, but I loved back in the day the fro. I loved the baby fro. I liked the white guy fro. I liked all the fros, but this wasn't a fro, and it wasn't his hair. It was his movements and his face. And I tweeted out, did Orlando just draft a woman? Seriously. I mean, dudes are really starting to look like women nowadays. It's kind of unbelievable. So, of course, people got mad. You're a racist. You're this. You're that. Yeah, okay, whatever. But I'm telling you, I sent you guys, I think I sent you guys a picture this morning uh, uh, that that the Orlando Magic put it. Look at that. Tell me that couldn't pass right there as a woman. Tell me the dude on the right. You guys can get mad at me all you'd like. And I should be apologizing, but I'm not. Because we, you could look at this and go, hang on, caller, hold on, that is a woman. And I didn't even, I really wasn't paying attention. I, I really, I really wasn't. And I looked up and I go, damn, I think there's a woman drafted into the NBA. I did. I'll get into, oh man, the NBA in a minute, but one of our all-time favorites, Mary Catherine Ham, joins us. MK Hammer Time is what it is right now. MK Hammer Time. I laughed because on Father's Day, Joe Biden was putting out all these tweets. I'm sure it wasn't him about Father's Day, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, maybe it's not Grandfather's Day because you certainly have this own. I think I've got this right. 
your granddaughter by your son with a stripper that everybody is not paying attention to. Did I did I get the days of our lives right right there? Yeah, that's basically correct. The the Biden family is a very loyal family, a very it can be very lucrative to be part of the Biden family, uh, unless you're a kid that they don't want in the family, and then they just ignore you and the press lets them do so. So Hunter Biden actually took a took a deep dive on uh, Hunter Biden's relationship with uh, London Roberts, who is the mother of this child. He met her when she was a stripper in 2017 in Washington, D.C., while he was uh, still married to his first wife, Kathleen, and carrying on an affair with the widow of his uh, recently deceased brother, uh, because Hunter Biden will always surprise you with how far he can go. Um, So he has a child with this woman, And then she demands uh, a paternity test uh, because he's not supporting this child. And he tries to evade the paternity test for more, almost a year. And a judge makes him have one. And uh, he is the father of this child. It is not a, it's not a rumor. We have followed the science. Uh, The the child is his. She is now four. I don't believe he's met her. I don't believe anyone in the family has met her. And in the meantime, he has been using his time to fight very hard to lower his child support payments and prevent the child from using the name Biden, which of course uh, my theory is he just doesn't want to split the proceeds anymore. He's been even making money off of this and like another kid is just going to eat up more money. Uh, but it is remarkable that the the president who says, who tweets all the father's day things, who gets all this credit for being the most upstanding family man uh, who tells us that there's no such thing as someone else's child. It turns out there's one who's definitely someone else's child when it comes to the Biden family. And it's this poor kid in Arkansas. You know, good for, no, no, it's, I'm not even going to make it that kind of joke. You need a flow chart to figure yeah. out Hunter Biden's love entanglements, right? He, like, like they have when the FBI is investigating a mafia crime family and they've got the yeah. head guy up here and then it flows. But the one thing, you, your article is fantastic on it. You can read Mary Catherine Hammer at Outkick. It's a tremendous article. But it, I, what paragraph? It's well down here. It's probably paragraph eight. You started out after going through all of this. Your words to start the paragraph are that epic love story. This is a love story, people. <laughs> this is like, um, how... So he did, let's go through the results, though. He did get his payments lowered, and the Biden name is not being used here, correct? Yeah, I mean, he won, right? Uh, Just like on the plea deals. Uh, And it's because he has $900 an hour lawyers, uh, including Abby Lowell, very famous. uh, And he's been crying poverty and saying that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't make all the money off of his dad's... uh, priorities in foreign countries the way he used to, because we all got wise to that. So he needs to have lower payments now. Um, But meanwhile, he's borrowing a private jet from a friend and flying back and forth between these hearings from his house in Malibu, which the Secret Service pays $30,000 a month in rent to stay next door to. So like things aren't too bad for Hunter Biden. But in the end, he won and she won't be using the name. And honestly, it might be better for this kid, right? Like, I'm not sure you want to be close with these people. No, we did a we did a uh, a top five Hunter Biden photos, and I you know I, here's what I don't understand. I, I live a simple life, and I have raging Catholic guilt. Okay, raging as a Catholic kid that went to grade school and high school, but I, I don't understand a couple things. Clear this up for me. 
One, yeah. let's clear this first one up. Who takes pictures and then saves them of all of their criminal activity, the meth teeth in their underwear? I mean, strippers, yeah. hookers, whatever, with guns. Who takes pictures and keeps them? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's ever been accused of being a very wise man. Uh, and man. The, part, the other thing is, too, like, he, he's an addict, and I have sympathy for that, and I'm glad he's in recovery. What's interesting about the custody case is it all happens in his recovery era. This is not from his addiction era, where you might have a little bit more, like, okay, he's acting bad for these reasons. No, he's living in his truth now. He's like, and his truth is that he's hiding his finances from this little girl so that she can't get more of his, uh, of his, his Biden money. Well, you see a picture there that that's one of it. And then I wanted to go to recovery. Um, do you, I, this is bad to say because I've had former players live with us that were going through right. things, uh, but is there anything about Hunter Biden, including addiction into recovery and being recovered, that you actually 100% believe? I mean, I believe he is an addict, and I believe he was really messed up for a long time. I, the thing is that his behavior is still bad, and his behavior doesn't get excused entirely because he's an addict, right? That's the thing for me. The The White House and others in the press are like, oh, you can't say things about this. No, I can say something about a guy who's denying his child and going to court to do so, especially when he's in a place where he's no, he's in recovery. Like, this is a different stage of his life. Um, and I reject that you are not allowed to go after the behavior of someone who is attending state dinners, who is going on official presidential trips, who has this very close relationship uh, with this White House. Uh, you're not allowed to say anything about that. Yes, you are. It's like there is a woman named, I don't know if you saw Riley Gaines take down Dick Durbin and Kelly Robinson. I don't know yeah. if you saw her. I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Ms. Kelly Robinson, who is the head of the human rights. It's like a George Costanza here. I've given you a donation to the human fund. Right. And I'm like, this is the dumbest person in the world. This is either the dumbest person or the most unprepared. And then I realized, wait a second, she's in a position as president of this organization where she actually meets with Mm -hmm. the top officials in our government, including occasionally with the president. So if you're going to be that stupid and have a position of that kind of power, I think we have a right to expect more. And when you don't give it, I think we have a right to criticize. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think she's stupid. I think it's ideology. The, she is hemmed in and must say that women can beat men in sports totally. This is not controversial at all. Uh, and then have Riley Gaines just totally dunk on her uh, with the actual information about these kinds of things, because it's, those are just facts. And they've decided that they're going to ignore facts as a part of their ideology. And it, it puts them in very bad positions. How did two things happen? How did this ideology gain some strength? That's number one. And basically, I don't know if they're intertwined or not, Yeah, but, Obama famously said, never underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to F things up. How did Joe Biden go from that statement? I know he's a president, so I guess this is a dumb question. But from that statement to being a guy that is, I would argue, the most protected president, certainly of my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's on the right side. That's all there is to it. Uh, once he's in the White House, they, the uh, press to a large, a, a, a almost astonishing extent, wants him to do what he wants to do and their priorities are the same and therefore uh he gets 
protection. As far as like sort of the trans ideology and this kind of thing, this has been a 10 year project. Uh, and it took a lot of people by surprise how fast it went, including myself. And one of the reasons that the left does this kind of thing and sort of just keeps moving the line uh, and sort of, and what they do is they they tell you that normal is weird and weird is normal now, right? That's what they do uh, is because they have to signal that they are enlightened. And if everyone gets on board with, say, gay marriage, they can't be enlightened anymore because they need to be special. So they have to move the line again and say, no, this is the new thing. And all of you guys are weird for not accepting it. Uh, so that is where uh, they are right now. And it's going to keep moving because that's what they do. It's a divide and conquer mentality, is it not? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're definitely not interested in being unified with us, like someone like me. <laughs> they're they're no, very anxious I, to divide I, I, from me. Well, I think they're anxious to divide uh, everywhere. I think they're anxious to divide cities. Uh, I think by race. I think they're anxious to divide by religion. I think, you know, they're anxious to buy, divide by sex, sexual inclination. You know, I think they're, they're it's not like conservative, uh, but I think they're, they want to divide their own because it makes them more important is the way I look at it. Well, yeah, you have to, you have to get to the top of the, uh, of the list of grievances, right? And in order to do that, you have to collect different identities. And then you have to sort of splice yourself into all of these things, all of your intersectionalities. Um, and no, it's not its not a healthy practice. It's sort of like a, I, I used to call it racial bean counting. We're like, oh, we got, we're going to have a club, but we, got, we can only have this number of this color people and this number of this color of people. And it's, that is not a great way to be a human. Uh, it actually tears people apart. Yes. All right. Last thing before I let you go. Is Donald Trump electable? I don't think it's tricky, man. Uh, he has he's going to have real trouble with the voters who voted for, say, Glenn Youngkin in as a Republican governor in Virginia. These uh, sort of moderate to right leaning women educated in the suburbs of most major cities. Um, he lost those in 2020, he lost them around Atlanta. He lost them around Phoenix. He lost them around Northern Virginia. Um, and th that's going to be a problem for him. Oh, Philadelphia as well. The collar counties uh, in, in Pennsylvania. That's what makes those states hard for him. That's why Georgia and Arizona uh, went off the map to a great extent. And in order to get them back, he's got to stop talking about 2020. That's the first step. Well, last, last, last thing. Most important question of the day. Zuckerberg versus Musk cage match that we're seeing here. Yeah. If you had to go put some money on it, you know, I, I used to say gun to head, who do you got? But people get mad when I say gun to head because I don't know. But if you were going to put money on it, who you got, Zuckerberg or Musk cage match? Look, I, I don't want to be a politician about it and split this, but I will say like my gut wants to root for Elon Musk, but I think Zuckerberg has the training. He's the guy who's been doing the jujitsu yeah. and training's going to serve him. I like what Musk said, though, because I used to do this to my kids. I called it the size. I would just lay on them. Yeah. I would lay on them. And, <laughs> and, and Musk, said, Musk said, I'm going to do the walrus. I'm just going to lay on them. I mean, hey, it is a strategy. Uh, what's that? It's a strategy. I like it. Yeah. Where can people get the podcast? Uh, any, anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, all those places, getting hammered and uh, listen up. It's a fun, uh, fun news chat. It won't stress you out. And um, well, occasionally it'll stress you out when I'm really ticked off, but not that often. And uh, you'll enjoy it. 
I was looking you up uh, this morning, and I got to tell you, people say nasty things about people that they don't agree with, particularly in <laughs> politics. People get nasty, man. I love it. I've been doing it for a long time, so it's like water off a duck's back at this point. You know, I tell people, when I was at ESPN doing Big Ten basketball games, fan bases would get mad. You know, oh, you're a jerk. Oh, you don't like our team. And then I got into this where I could talk politics. Now it's a whole nother level. It's an entirely <laughs> another level, and I love it. Well, it's I used great. to cover uh, awesome. I used to cover kids' sports. And let me uh, let me tell you, if you get a if you get a name wrong on the little league uh, stats, uh, they're coming for you. So I've I've been in the in the heat since the beginning. I umpired one kid's game, and I told a parent, "Go after yourself." And uh, I thought, you know what, I probably should. And get you taken so out of the rotation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm out. Have a time. There's a podcast. Thank you, Mary Catherine Hammer. Appreciate you. you as always. Have a good one. Yeah, Hunter Biden is a cat. Hunter Biden's a content machine for us. I'm kind of tired of him. He was at a state dinner last night, uh, apparently for India, schmoozing, working for the big guy, for <laughs> uh, for the big guy. Um, we've got some weirdos coming up, but this is not weird. I am not mad at this. I'm going to tell you something. This I kind of like. I always said, you, don't you always go, if I owned, if I was, if I could, that kind of thing. You know, I've always said, if, if I owned a bar and the, the law allowed me to, okay, and there was like, I don't know, the World Cup or the Olympics. There is a few Washington, D.C. bars that will be open 24 hours during the Women's World Cup. See, I am down with this, and I'll tell you why. If I were young, first off, I was the guy that after we left the bar and there was an after party, I had energy for days. I mean, for freaking days. So I was the guy that'd be like, hey, where are we going now? And if it was a good time that night, I never wanted to let a good time go. Never have and still don't. Like, I'll hang until the bitter end if it's a good time. If it's not a good time, then you know what I do? I am out. Eh, eh, I got to tell you, I sneak away. What do they call that? The Irish goodbye? You just kind of leave? I did it to Lee once. Uh, in Bowling Green, and I almost lost her. I really did. It was a bad move, but I had had enough. I was ready to go. She was having a good time, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just sneak out of here and call her. Yeah, it didn't go well. Nah, yeah. But anyway, so the World Cup is in Australia. It's in New Zealand, so it's going to be on at different times. So bars in D.C. could be open all day and all night. Here's the problem, though. You got to staff them. Like our place here, Wolfie's, which is the only uh, bar, restaurant, grill, whatever, open on the water, doesn't even open on Sundays, even do f- even during football season for two reasons. One, uh, DirecTV or the NFL package is too expensive for all five of his places. And two, he can't staff them. So you're going to staff it, it, it you know, all night long. And I am here for it. I would be the guy, if I lived in D.C., that would go out probably at like 9, 10 o'clock and, and time it if there was a game on and stay there all night. I remember walking down the street on Lakeshore Drive after being at Mother's and Division Street and all this, 
at like four or five in the morning, the sun's coming up. Me and my boy, Kevin Page, we're walking down. We don't know where we're going. We're staying at my brother's apartment. I asked some dude walking the beach. I go, hey, man, uh, you know where Tom Dockett's lives? And the guy goes, big city, bud. So anytime we have a problem or we get lost, we just say big city, bud. But I'll stay out till five, and I salute you all. Now, I'm in bed by 930 now. I was last night, actually about eight o'clock. I went, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to bed. I played golf, had a few beers after, uh, ate too much. I'm like, nah, I'm going to bed. Nah, I'm out of here. Nah. Yeah. Uh, the owner, uh, Hal so- Hank or Hal Steinbrenner, I'm not sure which one of those guys own- of the Yankees is confused. Like, what's going on? My fan base is not happy. My fan base have a, what, $250 million payroll. Uh, yet you still want to charge me 200 bucks to go to a game and your team stinks. Look, we've seen this in sports. People will pay money. They will pay real money when your team is winning. I'm telling you, 11-game win streak Cincinnati, they're getting great crowds. People will pay money if you're winning. But if you're not, this is what you're going to get. And the owner, Hal Steinbrenner, apparently is confused he is confused about this. Let's show a little bit from the Yankees owner. Um, I don't know how much you monitor what's what's said on radio shows or on social media, but for some reason, I mean, your fan base, at least the vocal ones, Hal, very, very upset. They, they, they're just upset. I, I mean, have you heard that noise? Do you try to block it out? Does it affect you? Yeah, I don't – look, I, I... – I want to know, you know, I talk to Jason Zillow a lot, and I talk to, to, to different people. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to radio shows. I don't read the papers much. It's just, I just don't. But I want to know what the, what the vibe is out there, and I understand they're upset. I, I'm, not, I'm a little confused this year, being, uh, you know, third week in June, why they're so upset. But they're upset, and that's going to get my attention, of course. And, you know, everybody just needs to know that we're, we're working hard on all fronts to get this, you know, to get this back on the rails and start playing the way we were for, you know, a couple-week period there in May. But health has got to be a part of it. We've we got to get Aaron back. You know, Rodon had a rehab outing. He felt great afterwards, 42 pitches, I believe. Uh, we got to get him into the mix. Um, we we got to get healthier. we got to get guys off the I.L. and put sending guys to the I.L. That's, that's one factor that needs to happen. Well, he's not wrong about that. A lot of people will say, well, that's just an excuse, man. No, it's not an excuse. It's a reason. Look, if your best players aren't playing, Aaron Judge is out, then you got a problem. You just do. Now, I'm not saying that Yankee fans don't have the right to be upset about it. They're 41 and 35. They're nine and a half games out. They're in an unbelievable division. Remember, remember the freaking Tampa Bay Rays got off to an amazing start, and they really haven't slowed down. They're playing two out of three baseball, meaning they win – 67% of their games the Tampa Bay Rays have. So just because you're six, seven games over 500 doesn't mean that you're going to be around the top. You're nine and a half out in the second week of June, now going into the third week slash end of June. Look, people do have a problem. People aren't happy. Yankees fans, because of Steinbrenner's dad, I believe, Yankee fans have an expectation. Now, you can say they've always had an expectation, but I'm not going to lie to you. My father was a Yankees fan, and before George Steinbrenner bought the team, when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, 62 or 72, 3, 4, whatever, 
Nobody gave a rat's about the Yankees. But then Steinbrenner bought him, and next thing you know, he understood what he had. He went and got Catfish Hunter. He went and got Reggie Jackson. Next thing you know, boom, here they are. Every year, Chris Chambliss hitting a big home run uh, in the ALCS. Reggie Jackson hitting three home runs in the World Series, and everybody knew that the Yankees were for real, and it has continued. And I'll give Hal Steinbrenner credit because this whole thing has continued. He's given Cashman a damn near lifetime guaranteed job, and Cashman has a $250 million payroll. It's not Cashman's decision to charge $200, but the Yankees need to be better, and I applaud the Yankees because they have such high expectations. It doesn't always stay, and I use Indiana basketball, as an example, people thought that anybody could win at Indiana. Bob Knight won, so everybody could win. Bob Knight has been fired or uh, for 23 years now, going on 23 years. Indiana has had one team in those 23 years make any kind of run in the NCAA tournament. It was 2002. They were coming off the Bob Knight tough, a toughness. They were coming off the Bob Knight environment. So Dane Fife and the rest made a run. Great. You don't always win just because you're a big name. And look, Calipari and Kentucky. Hey, Purdue has done great things in the regular season, uh, lost in the NCAA tournament three years in a row. But I got to tell you, be careful what you wish for because there is no guarantee that Purdue basketball without Matt Painter would sustain. So I, I, I love the fact that the Yankee fans are upset, only six, seven games over 500. I do. I think that's great for the Yankees. Uh, this is how, before we go to break here for the last half hour of the week, this is how my staff, Nick and Dylan and all, describe this next story. You ready? Plant-based bacon weirdo group tells Macon Baseball to change names, stop glorifying bacon. Carrot hot dog eating physician group filled with vegan wokes goes at. Whoa. Sorry. See, see, they're listening. That was Siri that just popped up. I didn't say anything, Siri. Hang up. Okay. They're listening. They're always listening. I told people on my indie radio station for years about the deep state. Always listening. If you commit a crime, don't admit it in your house. Carrot hot dog eating physician group filled with vegan woke goes after the Macon Bacon baseball team to tell them to change their name and the identity of the team's bacon mascot, Kevin. Great article here. That's not very tolerant. Look, here's what you do. This is very simple. You say, now, who are you guys? Uh, We're a bunch of crazy people. Uh, coming after the Macon Bacon because, well, you know, uh, bacon's bad for you, and, well, you know, uh, you should be eating carrots. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, what else? Well, uh, we we want you to change your name because, you know, uh, and there's a billboard with this. You see it right there. Keep bacon off your plate. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, all right. The Physicians Committee of Responsible Medicine's billboard. Keep bacon off your plate. They send a letter to the team. Making bacon's glorification of bacon, a processed meat that raises the risk of collateral cancer and other diseases, sends the wrong message to fans. I urge you to update the team's name to the Macon Facon 
bacon and promote plant-based bacon alternatives such as fake and bacon and mushroom bacon that will help your fans stay healthy. As for Kevin, making bacon's mascot, he can reveal that he's actually plant-based. Hey, uh, so that's what you want. Now, the making bacons are part of a college league. Okay, well, wait a second. That's what you want. Uh, that, okay, no. That's a gross picture. No. No, I get it. No, 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 no. I get it. That's what you want, right? Uh, we listen to you, but no. And then you shut up. And then you're like, look, I, I, I get it, because they'll keep talking. And then you say, uh, no. Thank you for, and goodbye. That's simple. That's the easiest one there is. Those pictures are gross. All right, now who's doing that? Who who in our little group here, Dylan and Ryan and uh, Nick, who, who is grossing me out so that I actually go to the fake and bacon? <laughs> hey, we got Haley coming up in about 15 minutes. We got a big show. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more. I don't, just gross. Get the YouTube chat popping. Like and subscribe. Let's go. Fake and bacon. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back, and thank you for joining us all week. We are here on Monday, and we can't wait. We are here today, and we got a half hour left. Stock up. Stock down. Brad Stevens. I love Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is a great dude. Not a good dude, a great dude. Great basketball coach and a great dude. Brad Stevens got rid of a problem and brought in maturity. A few years ago, I told the world that Crispus Porzingis, whoever drafted him, was going to stay in the lottery. Now, Crispus Porzingis is an uber-talented. I would argue Crispus Porzingis is more talented than the guy that was the first pick in the draft last night, Victor Metawamba. I would argue that he is. I would tell you that Crispus Porzingis can really, really play. He can. Now, I forgot even where Crispus Porzingis was. He's been hurt. He's been, I don't know what his deal is. But he averaged 23 and 8 last year. 23, 8, and 2. Now, they call him the unicorn. They call him Godzingus. They call him a lot of different stuff. Great. Yeah, I don't care what you call him. But you're getting a guy now, Brad Stevens is, that is mature. You're getting a guy now that isn't a 19 year old and everybody's kissing his backside. You're getting a dose of maturity. The dude is 27 years old. His face is even different. No, I'm serious. His uh, body is different. He is what we would refer to as a, wait for it, grown-ass man. That's what he is now. You know, you're not getting a guy who's sitting there. You're not getting a guy who's dealing with strippers. Let me give you Porzingis. 14, 18, 22, 20, 20. 19, 22, 23. Now, a little banged up. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a great trade. Look, Marcus Smart is kind of Draymond Light. He is. He's kind of that guy on their team that acts up, instigates, and that gets tiresome. So now Brad Stevens made a great deal, and now the Boston Celtics, my humble opinion, have to be the favorite 
in the East to go to the NBA Finals, and I salute you, Brad Stevens. Danny Hurley. Danny Hurley is the brother of Bobby Hurley, or at least that's how Danny Hurley was always perceived. Danny Hurley was always like, I don't know, good player, played at Seton Hall. Then he became a coach of a high school, and then he went to Rhode Island, then he hired his brother, Danny, or hired Bobby. Bobby was the star at Duke. Bobby effing Hurley was like the original poster boy for hating the little white guy at Duke. All right. While Danny was in the shadows, Danny kept working, kept growing as a coach, hired Bobby. Bobby eventually went to uh, Buffalo and now is at Arizona State. Danny became the coach at Rhode Island. Next thing you know, they're pretty good. He gets the UConn job. Next thing you know, he wins a national championship. Next thing you know, he signs a six-year, $32.1 million deal to make him among the highest-paid head coaches in college basketball. Danny Hurley has done an unbelievable job, and I'm going to give my friend Seth Greenberg some credit here because he has been Danny's mentor. When Danny struggles with his uh, sideline antics, he calls Seth. Seth shoots him straight. It's pretty good. And look, I remember feeling bad 100 years ago for Steve Alford's brother, Sean. Steve, we used to tease, was a national champion. The Sean Cassidy of college basketball had posters, women all over the place wanting Steve, who didn't participate in that type of activity, no matter how hard I tried. But anyway, his brother Sean was a nice player. In fact, he took Newcastle High School to the final four of the year after Steve left. Sean always handled it well. Danny always handled it well. Sean's doing well. Danny's doing well. There you go. Yay, Ra. Go fight win. Cincinnati Reds, baby, stock up. We have talked about the Cincinnati Reds. We will continue to talk about the Cincinnati Reds, even if they lose a game or two, which obviously they will. But that's a great picture to put of the Cincinnati Reds as a representative sliding into home because as Dibble and I spoke earlier, Cincinnati Reds, man, they're going to run the bases. Cincinnati Reds are going to take an extra base. Cincinnati Reds are going to be ready to go when others bobble the ball, maybe steal a base, maybe hit and run, maybe steal home. Who knows? But they've won 11 in a row. David Bell is doing a masterful job, and frankly, it's fun. Cincinnati's less than two hours away. It's an easy drive. The ballpark is great. The area around the ballpark is great. And I got to tell you, in my world, in the summer, we don't have baseball here in the great city of Indianapolis. So it's the Cubs, maybe the White Sox over here, and Cincinnati over there. And when they all stink, it's no fun. When the Cubs are good, that's top of the food chain for me. White Sox next because of Benetti, and then Cincinnati because it's close. But it's fun. Stock up. Cincinnati. Stock down we go. You know, I'm tired of Tyreek Hill. Um, Great player. Great speed. But I'm tired. Now he's being investigated, and I'm tired of guy on the left, Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, great player, man. He's the kind of guy you got to have to win. Josh Allen, he makes Josh Allen better. But I got to tell you, unless he wants to be Stephon Diggs, I'll go to him first, unless he wants to be in all the quarterback, offensive coordinator, uh, quarterback coach meetings, I don't want to hear about some wide receiver wanting more input into play calling. I would tell anybody, look, we're going to meet at 4.30 a.m. Come join us. If you don't want to come join us, I don't want to hear from you. It's pretty simple. 
if you want to come join us and you want to do it every day, then let's go. We'll have input from you. We'll listen to you. We'll, we'll, we'll pay attention to your opinion. But just because you're a wide receiver, and which makes you, by definition, an idiot and a diva and a clown, uh, I'm not just throwing the ball to you. There's more people here. And we're not listening to you. That's simple. Tyreek Hill is like the guy, I think, that just never goes away. Like every whatever, in college he gets thrown out for punching his pregnant girlfriend, and now he is being accused, and I don't think there's going to be any charges, of getting physical with some dude that is taking him out on a boat. You know, it's amazing how stupid some guys are. You know, and I go back to Bob Huggins for it. They told you, Huggins, don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything with substance. Don't do anything with alcohol. Don't do anything, don't do anything slur-wise. Don't do any of that stuff. Well, Huggins didn't care, so he went out and did his thing, and he was back in the news a month later. It's amazing how guys stay in the news. You think anybody wants to report on Tyreek Hill doing anything but catching an out pattern and running 1,000 miles an hour to get to the end zone? You think anybody really is after Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs? No, just be human beings. We judge people by the content of their character, not, ladies and gentlemen, the color of their skin. Uh, Nancy Amore, we talked about her earlier. Here's the deal. You're not a coward, regardless of what Nancy Armour, who you don't even know who she is. She's a writer for the USA Today. She's mad because Riley Gaines is gaining popularity by going in front of Congress and crushing senators like Dick Durbin and diversity hires slash, slash community organizers like Ms. Kelly Robinson uh, of the Human Fund. Look her up. It's the same fund. Kelly Robinson was hired as the head of the human fund. Remember when Costanza was given out? Hey, here we go. Hey, here, a donation to the human fund has been made in your name. Well, Kelly Robinson is, uh, is a diversity hire for, I'm going to get this right because I don't want anybody to get mad. Uh, Ms. Kelly Robinson is in charge of the Human Rights Campaign. It's America's largest civil rights organization working to achieve equality and liberation for lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual, and, of course, everything else. Well, good for her. That's not her. Who is that? That's not Kelly Robinson. That, no. She's the president, baby. She's the ninth president. The first black queer woman to lead the organization. She got up and got dunked on, smacked on by Riley Gaines when Ms. Kelly Robinson tried to say, well, you know, well, you know, uh, uh, there's an article where some men's players try, said they could beat Serena. Well, there she is. And no, I, do we have the video of Riley Gaines from yesterday? Uh, Riley Gaines just smacked this ill-prepared, ridiculous woman around, just smacked her around. She tried to bring nonsense, and Bradley Gaines said, look, what are you talking about? The 203rd uh, man in America beat Serena Williams. 6-1-6-1. Serena Williams said herself on Letterman, yeah, I can't beat these men. Andy Andy Murray would beat me in five minutes. But this dumbass is either too stupid or too ill-prepared to lead any organization. I judge people by the content of their character not the color of their skin, but Kelly Robinson's an idiot. She could be white and she'd be an idiot. Anything, she is a stone-cold idiot.
and Nancy Amore, well, defended, defended this idiot and other idiots by saying, well, you know, some women are trying to be right-wing media stars by using transgender athletes. She was referring to Riley Gaines. I mean, Riley Gaines is getting ready for the NCAA tournament, their biggest meet of her life, and she got to sit there and look over at some dude with his junk hanging out in the locker room. She went to NCAA officials. They blew her off, told her it was a unisex bathroom. That's how they got around it. And she's just supposed to be okay with that. Oh, okay. Nancy Moore hasn't been in a locker room other than to gaze at bodies, to uh, ask for autographs, or to ask questions. There's only three reasons she's ever been in a locker room. But yet she understands how athletes think. She's an idiot. Nancy Moore is a bad person. Uh, Marie Garland and the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, what are you doing? Like, what has made the Bidens? How much money are you getting from the Bidens would be a question that I would ask. Because you're protecting Hunter Biden like it's insane. I don't know if you heard, but the Department of Justice tipped off Hunter Biden into all of the investigations so that Hunter Biden was able to get rid of some evidence. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. This is the level that we're at, ladies and gentlemen. The level that we're at is the Department of Justice is tipping off people that they should not be tipping off so that they, ladies and gentlemen, can get rid of stuff and know what the Department of Justice is doing so that their $900 an hour lawyers can get better prepared. It's criminal. The Department of Justice should be for us. The Department of Justice should be for people to protect the people, not to protect the criminal. I will never understand that. We're going to protect the criminal? You are paid by taxpayer money to protect whom? Oh, it's a burning to protect the taxpayer. Oh, jeez. It's un, to quote a good friend of mine, Dan, it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. I tell you, it's my favorite 15 minutes of the week. Uh, It is. It's my favorite 15 minutes of the week. We get to talk TikToks with Haley. That's right. We go TikToking. We go TikToking. We get to laugh. We get to see things. This is Haley. Haley joins us. Haley, where are you right now? Are you, uh, is there an all-night club like they're going to have in Washington, D.C. for the Women's World Cup that you could go to at 4 in the morning to watch from Auckland? Are you at some all-night club? Is it bottle service, velvet ropes? What do you got going right now this morning on a Friday? Unfortunately, nothing that crazy. I'm just in my kitchen right now, but... I will be hitting the town later tonight, so. What's going on? Walk me through, woman about town. I'm just going out for drinks with some friends, and then I think we might float down the river on Saturday. Really? Let me ask you a question, because I've gone in Nashville out for, quote, drinks with friends, and it ends up with me having to rinse out my liver. Now, does drinks with friends means ah, We're just going to, you know, Carrie Bradshaw it. Or does drinks with friends mean that, you know what? Debauchery. We're going to be out a while. No, um, I'm actually actually doing 75 hard. 
um, which is two 45 minute workouts a day, a gallon of water, no alcohol. Um, you have to take a progress picture every day. I have to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book every day. Um, so yeah, I am not drinking. So I will be having mocktails anyway. Wow. Is that for 75 days? Yeah. So I'm, I'm finished August 5th. Wow. Uh, you had me until reading, but that's okay. That's all right. I mean, who are we reading? Who, who, what nonfiction are we reading? Uh, well, actually, I started off with a fiction book because I was reading Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, so I finished that. And then he said it needs to be a book that like challenges you. So I actually, I want it. I, I've always wanted to read the Bible start to finish. So I'm doing that, even though I know like the Bible is not, you know, there's some fiction to it, but it's going to challenge me. So in that way, that is why I chose to read the Bible from front to, to front to back. So you're going to start in Genesis and then just go. Yep. Absolutely. Strong. Uh, I did that a few years ago. I wanted to read a Bible in a year and I think I got to the book of numbers and I got bored. I, or it was, was it numbers or Kings? It might've been Kings. And I'm like, oh man. And I stopped. I wish I, there's different ways to read the Bible. My, my wife is reading the Bible in a year, but she's doing it through some app and it takes you different places. It's pretty that's, cool. Good work. Very yeah. That's nice. Well, speaking of reading, what's I read, I read an article. There was a study that I think it was out of Denmark, scientists found that they used AI and they did some research on all these different faces. And they've realized that um, conservative women are happier and more attractive. So attractive women more likely to be right wing, left wing women showed more contempt. So liberals are angry, we already knew that and conservatives are happy. Um, so I thought that this is very funny and I actually found a TikTok. This woman was saying, yeah, you wanna know why all conservative women look the same? It's because um, they, they're, they're so, their gender expression is so rigid. Like if they're a woman, they have to look like a woman. And if they're a man, they have to look like a man. And it's all part of this social hierarchy and power. And it was all this like crazy BS so I stitched her, and I want to show you the video. Have you ever wondered Please. why all conservative women look the same? Like this. No, no words needed to be spoken, but I just needed to know, because I've never... <laughs> I've never wondered why conservative women look like they've showered um, and they care about looking well-kept, but I have wondered why some liberals shave half their head and then dye the other half purple, and it looks like they haven't had access to running water in weeks, probably because they live in some Chaz Chop zone in Portland or whatever. But yeah, I've never wondered why conservative women look professional and like to look nice. And I don't think that it's some conspiracy where we want power and it's all about some social hierarchy, class structure thing. No, I just think that, yes, I was born a woman, so I like to look like a, a woman. But to this woman's point, not all conservative women are blonde. Not all conservative woman, women look like, you know, Ivanka Trump, but... Um, there are a lot of conservative women who don't look like that. And I, I'm 
probably pretty sure that there are a lot of farmers and ranchers and nurses who maybe don't do their hair and makeup or their nails because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't help with their career or their job. It doesn't make sense. So her argument is completely flat, but I just had to, had to throw out the picture of all the Antifa uh, mug shots to just make a point. I shuffled through my feeble little brain when I saw the article in on OutKick about, you know, conservative women are more attractive. So I shuffled through my feeble little brain on all the women that I know. And when you get to be my age, you know a lot of women. And I tried to think of one woman that I knew, and I only know about five, maybe five, that are crazy liberals. And I'm not going to lie. They ain't very attractive. I, 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 and I've always said this, Haley. I've always said when somebody is going nuts, when you see, you know, holding signs, I used to get in trouble on my other radio show because I would say, well, you can already close your eyes and imagine what she looks like, right? Yeah. I mean, and if, if, if that's bad, I, I accept it because I truly believe that what you are saying is 1,000% accurate. There is an inner soul about a lot of these uh, liberal women, not all, that is so hateful that it comes through their pores and expresses through their eyes. And that's the way the world works. Well, I also I think, think you, I mean, so. you're bound to be unhappy if you wake up every day with a victim mentality and you're trying to think right. you know, computers are racist and BMI is racist and this is racist and that's racist and I'm oppressed. And yeah, you're bound to be unhappy. Conservative women don't have that victim mentality. And I remember when I was living in New York, I was at a bar waiting for a drink, this guy came up to me and he said, I don't know if this was like a poor attempt at a pickup line, but he was like, hey, were you at the Women's March today? And I said, no. And he was like, oh, well, I was. And I said, well, what rights were you fighting for? Because I don't feel oppressed and I don't think that I'm unequal to you. So why were you at the Women's March? And he was just completely flabbergasted. But if you don't have a victim mentality, you're likely happier thousand percent like and and i'll tell you something else and while we're just the two of us chatting if you're a fat ass you're probably less happy and i speak as a fat ass to that i mean people are like oh you know fat and happy is a myth because fat means you got a lot of pains fat yeah. means you can't wait to eat i don't even want to hear about it. you're right and it's yeah. time thank god for you on a lighter note we have some fun videos. Let's see them. Let's see. Let's see. Let's go. Roll tape, as they say. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Well, I guess you can. Oh, jeez.
kind of like it. You know why I liked it? Because there's not too many people in there. And nobody said the word fur baby. So I'm good with it. I want to hear fur baby. (laughs) All right, what's the next one? You said you're an EMT. You're responding to a health emergency. Biological male. Somebody with a penis is having a medical emergency. And they say to you, I think I'm having a miscarriage. Would you check them to see if they're having a miscarriage? Would you consider that a possibility for them? Look. (laughs) No. Sounds like we've established there are some people who, in principle, can get pregnant. And there are some people who can't. Lots of women can't get pregnant either. Yeah, but they're still of the nature to get pregnant. A person being born with one leg doesn't mean that now legs are on a spectrum and we can't say anything at all about how many legs a person has. If a human is born without two legs, something went wrong. They were supposed to have that second leg. Same thing for a woman. A woman by her nature can get pregnant. A man by his nature never can. So if you meet a woman of childbearing age, say she's 28 years old and she can't get pregnant, you know automatically that something has gone wrong. And she can go to the doctor and find out what that thing is, even if they can't fix it. Whereas if a male with a penis can't get pregnant, no doctor on earth is going to run tests to see what's wrong with him. Because they already know it's that he's a male, and there's only male and female, those who can get pregnant and those who can't. So, that's it. Look at the face. Look at the face on that person. That there right there is an example of the difference between liberal women, men, whatever, and conservative, because that was a that lady got just, excuse my language, bitch slapped right there. Correct. Because science always wins. That's like the, the theme of today. <laughs> what's, the next, what's the next one? What's the cow say? Oh, oh boy. boy. What's the cow say? What's the cow say? Oh. Good boy. I, look, I'm going with number two. I'm just straight going with number two, Matt Walsh killing people. That you? No, I sent the last one of the dog mooing, but um, I actually don't know whose oh. video that was. I'll hear it in my ear at yeah. some point. The oh, dog Dylan. mooing was, was pretty Dylan. good. It was Dylan. Dylan, good baby. Job, Dylan. Dylan needed a win. <laughs> He needed a win. Tommy Fleetwood has been crushing his soul lately. He bets it every week. Haley, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you. you. Uh, Ryan is mad, said they didn't show his. What happened? What'd you do, Haley? Oh, I don't know. We can play it. I don't know. Oh, Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that's an expensive that one. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give him uh one A. Uh I got breaking news. You ready, Haley? Yeah. West Virginia is going to hire John Beeline. I just got a text. So there you go. Uh, go. West Virginia. Yeah, John Beeline's going back to West Virginia is what I've just been told. It's not 100%. It's like anything else. 
Uh, but I just got a text from somebody who should know who I do trust that says John Beeline is going back to West Virginia. Haley, have a great week. I love that you're doing that heart 75, man. I need to do that. Uh, I need to lose 75. Uh, Dylan and Ryan and Haley and Nick and Aaron and Gary, I cannot thank everybody enough, but mostly I thank all of you on our YouTube chat that watch us on Facebook, that watch us on Twitter, that watch us on the uh, dandockets.com, that watch us on outkick.com. We've had another great week. I can't thank you enough. Uh, Stay safe out there. If you are going to do something, do it. Make it fun. And uh, go, what's his name? Tommy Fleetwood, because Dylan bets on Tommy Fleetwood every single tournament. Have a great afternoon, or yeah, have a great afternoon, late morning. Doc, it's out.